Tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad to be with you. Today, folks, is the day. We've got a lot to talk about. The Islanders will be on the ice tonight. In an exhibition game against the New York Rangers, we will have a preview of that. We have part three of our in-depth playoff preview with Ross Levitan as we break down the Islanders-Panthers play-in round series, and we have our Islanders birthday of the day and a lot more to talk about on today's show. If there's something that's on your mind that is Islanders-related, send us an email question, comment, topic, send us an email to LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. We're happy to mention you on the air as we discuss your question or topic. Just leave your name and where you're from, and we'll be happy to do that. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I, and we'll keep you up to date on all the latest news and notes about Long Island's Islanders. All right, let us get down to brass tacks. Tonight is the night. Islanders and Rangers going to get it going up in the bubble in Toronto. And that is certainly uh, something that we can all look forward to. Barry Trotz has already indicated that both Simeon Varlamov and Tomas Grice are going to play in goal. In this exhibition game also, uh, two extra players are allowed to dress. So according to Trotz, he said he will take advantage of that option. Uh, The quote, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow night. You can get an injury or whatever. You got an opportunity to use it. Why not? And so, again, you got to figure that the Islanders will have those extra players dressing for the game and ready to go, uh, because quite honestly, uh, you know, you want these guys to get the work in, and according also to Trotz, 95% of the lineup that's in tonight's game against the Rangers will play Saturday against the Florida Panthers, so realistically speaking, we are looking at a situation where you're going to have only these two players, these two extra players who can dress going up, uh, you know, who will not be a part of the Islanders lineup once things start to count for real 
the only obvious caveat is there could be injuries and, and hopefully not any of those or any positive COVID tests. So we have to figure out all of that and, and make sure that everybody who can play will play. I'm expecting the goaltending duties to be uh, divided roughly evenly between Varlamov and Grice. And, you know, it's a tough decision. I think Trotz has uh, sort of favored Varlamov after the first 37 games when the two goalies alternated. Uh, according to Trotz, he wants to see, quote, who's tracking the puck and who has more sharpness before uh, naming his starting goalie for the playoffs. If you ask me, Barry Trotz is already 90-95% sure who his starting goaltender is going to be. It just becomes a question of trying to, uh, you know, confirm that with real on-ice hockey. And look, you can work out on your own all you want. You could be in a training camp situation, which the Islanders have been for the last couple of weeks. But at the end of the day, the bottom line is it is very hard to replicate game conditions. And tonight, that's what we're going to see. We are actually going to see game conditions and know the intensity is not going to be the same as uh, it would be on Saturday, for example. But game conditions and the other part, which is obviously really good, is that you have players uh, able to hit somebody and and do things that are not, uh, you know, you're going to go out there and check someone who is not your teammate. You can go all out. You can have full contact. And all of those things are encouraging. Now, another piece of uh, news coming out of the Islanders from the bubble in Toronto, Ilya Sorokin joined the Islanders on the ice today. Nice photograph of him up on the Islanders official website. He is wearing number 30. And again, nice to see him in the Islanders practice jersey on the ice as he starts to get to know uh, his teammates and and get more familiar with the game, so uh, or the North American version at least of the game. So definitely happy to see Sorokin on the ice again. The Islanders have indicated they are not going to talk very much about him from here on in. They want to concentrate on the guys who basically will be participating in the playoff series, but. Folks, let's face it, he's here, and the future starting goaltender, most likely, uh, for the New York Islanders, possibly for the next decade, uh, has joined the team and is ready uh, to start learning the North American game and practicing and everything else. So, definitely a good sign for the Islanders and progress being made tonight. Showtime, Islanders, Rangers, could you think of a better way to get things underway? 
Lots to talk about. We'll have a little preview of that Rangers-Islanders game and our Islanders' birthday of the day, plus part three of our playoff preview. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Okay, let's go next to our Islanders' birthday of the day. Uh, No Islanders actually born on the 29th of July, but there were a few Islanders with uh, July 28th birthday, so we're going to go back and wish a one-day belated 47th birthday to former Islander Steve Steos, who spent the 2011-2012 season with the Islanders, originally a draft pick of the St. Louis Blues, a second-round pick back in 1991, ended up uh, making his NHL debut with the Bruins, later played for the Canucks, Atlanta Thrashers, Edmonton Oilers, Calgary Flames, and then closed out his career with the Islanders, played his 1,000th career NHL game in an Islanders uniform during that 2011-2012 season, 65 total games played, eight assists for Steos in that final uh, campaign that he spent in the National Hockey League. Career numbers, 56 goals, 220 points uh, for Steos, and by the way, 1,322 penalty minutes. We go back and look at one of his better performances with the Islanders, November 5th, 2011, at the Nassau Coliseum, Islanders taking on the Washington Capitals. Tomas Vakun is the goalie for Washington, while the Islanders have Rick DiPietro guarding their goal. And it was the Capitals getting underway with the scoring first. Joel Ward made it one nothing Washington, his fourth of the year from John Carlson and Jeff Halpern at 524. Then the great eight, Alex Ovechkin, scored his sixth of the season. Nicholas Backstrom and Jeff Schultz with the helpers at 1841. At the end of the first period, it was Washington 2 and the Islanders nothing. But the Islanders did bounce back in the second period and quickly. Franz Nielsen got his third of the year from P.A. Parenteau at 141 to make it a one-goal game. And then late in the second period, Brian Ralston got his first of the year. Franz Nielsen and P.A. Parenteau with the helpers at 1655. And after two periods, we were knotted at two and two. The Islanders got the lead early in the third period. Matt Martin, his second of the year. From Steve Steos and Josh Bailey at 628, and it was a 3-2 lead. But Steos got into some penalty trouble. He was called for interference at 844, and Brooks Lake of the Capitals scored his second from Dennis Weidman and Nicholas Backstrom at 912. And again, the game is all tied at 3-3. But with less than two minutes left, P.A. Parenteau put the Islanders ahead to stay. His second from Milan Yersina and Franz Nielsen at 18-14. Then an empty netter by John Tavares. His eighth with a lone assist to goalie Rick DiPietro at 18-59. Final score in this one, Islanders 5, Capitals 3. And uh, Rick DiPietro with 25 saves to earn the victory. Steve Steos in this game had an assist. 
and two penalty minutes in 18 minutes and 25 seconds of action. Franz Nielsen and P.A. Parento, each with a goal and two assists. As far as the plus-minus was concerned, you go with Nielsen, Parento, Brian Ralston, and Mark Eaton, all of them with a plus-three. John Tavares uh, and Milan Yersina, each with four shots on goal to pace the Islanders. But the Islanders downing the Capitals 5-3 before 14,812 fans at the Nassau Coliseum. Uh, a nice offensive contribution, an assist from a, for Steve Steos, our Islanders' birthday of the day. He turned 47 on Tuesday, so happy birthday to Steve Steos. All right, what to expect tonight when the Islanders play their exhibition game against the Rangers? I think more than anything, this is a feeling out process. Guys are going to see exactly what kind of shape they're in when they go up and actually have to check and be checked. I think both the Rangers and the Islanders will be using multiple goaltenders. I'm sure we'll see Igor Shosturkin uh, for the Rangers in part of this game. And, and again, uh, key for the Islanders is to slow down Artemi Panarin, who is by far the most dangerous offensive weapon on the Rangers. You also want to stop goal scorer Mika Zibanejad. He had 41 goals uh, on the season, which is always uh, a very impressive uh, set of numbers. But, you know, with Panarin, I think part of it is this. There is that little extra incentive because he took less money to sign with the Rangers than the Islanders had offered uh, you really, really want to make sure that, uh, you know, you, you don't let him beat you. He is probably the Rangers' toughest customer when it comes to, you know, guys you want to slow down. And then there's, of course, ex-Islander Ryan Strom, who has had an outstanding season, uh, really as, as, an, uh, as a setup guy more than anything, with 41 assists in 70 games but more than anything it's exciting and refreshing this is what we've been waiting for really since the middle of march when the season was uh disrupted by the covid19 pandemic tonight islanders hockey the fact that they're playing the rangers even if the game doesn't count is important and i think again what to look for look for chemistry Look for stamina. Look for guys to get the rust out. Because, again, you can't be at the top of your game until you've played in a game. And it's important that these guys get hit, deliver some hits, you know, skate in a full 60 or 65-minute game, uh, you know, get up to game speed again. Because guess what? Saturday, it's all going to count. And that is when you need guys to be ready. I'm sure there'll be some soreness. I'll sure, I'm sure there'll be some tiredness. Uh, Got to keep a close eye on the lineup. Who is paired with who. What the line combinations and defensive pairings are. But overall, it is just going to be great to have the Islanders back on the ice. And again, the fact that it's against the Rangers just makes it that much sweeter. 
And I also think this. No, the game doesn't count. But when you're the Islanders and you finished the regular season on such a down note, you know, 0-3-4 in their last seven, uh, you know, really the last dozen games or so, not a good record for the New York Islanders. To get a win against the Rangers, while it doesn't count, would be a big boost for this team's confidence and to to sort of make this team feel a little bit better, to, to put that slump, that season-ending slump, further in the rearview mirror, that would be a big thing. So hopefully they can win. If they can't, I'm not going to sit here and say it's a big deal, but I think it would be beneficial for this team to play well and to win this hockey game and get that monkey off their back. All right, we still have our in-depth preview of the series against the Panthers, Part 3, and the finale will both, uh, myself and Ross Levitan will have our picks for this series. All that and more coming up still on this edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Hey, I know it can be difficult and intimidating to go into an auto parts store and, and ask the guy behind the counter what it is that they have for your car. And look, the other problem is this. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and for do-it-yourselfers, but not rockauto.com. Their prices are the same for everyone, and they are reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging different prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. rockauto.com is for everyone. It does not require membership or an account logon. RockAuto.com is a family business, and they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to RockAuto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And using their catalog, which is easy to navigate, you can get everything you need in just a few easy clicks, and they'll deliver it directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car. And now I'm talking about everything from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. Right locked on in there, how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com All right, now time for part three of our in-depth preview of the Islanders-Panthers playoff series featuring Ross Levitan. No, not at all. And hey, if all else fails, Mark Pissick, who uh, was a defenseman for the Panthers, has actually made a home for himself on the fourth line at, at wing. So uh, worst case, maybe they just throw him back at uh, on, on the point. But he's actually really looked good on right wing scored a scored a pair of goals in Toronto earlier this year. And you know that when something happens here in the, uh, in the epicenter of, of hockey that uh, people around the league take notice. So it's kind of funny that he's actually held down a spot here at, uh, at right wing. I found that pretty interesting too, going through this team. And then you, you talk about the experience they added. We didn't even mention Brett Connolly up front who can be yeah. a responsible two way player, but that's a cup winner now uh, with Washington in 2018. So Talk about another guy who's been through the battles, been through the wars, and uh, Brian Boyle, too. It's funny, Boyle with Strawman and Yandel, all a part of that 2014 Rangers team that made it all the way to the conference final as well. So I think between that and we mentioned all the Ottawa guys in 2017, lots of guys who have been on deep runs in the playoffs on both sides. And, man, when you brought up Everly, I looked up his stats, nine points in eight games 
uh, in last year's postseason. So definitely no concern uh, getting some offense out of him. So I think I think they're, the top end skill on both teams is going to be fun to watch. I just hope I hope Barry Trotz doesn't ruin the entertainment value for us here. <laughs> Can you please make sure let's at least get one five three game. Well, you may see one. You may see one. I, I wanted to ask you, uh, Ross, about the coaching matchup because, you know, the NHL.com just did a poll of coaches in the playoffs. Quenville was second. Trotz was third. The coaching matchup is a very, very good one. Your, your thoughts about Quenville versus Trotz? Well, you don't have to scroll too far down the all-time NHL coaching games played list to find both of them. Joel Quenville second, only behind Scotty Bowman. Now, he's miles behind. Just shows the longevity of Scotty Bowman, 30 seasons behind the bench. But Joel Quenville second, and Barry Trotz fourth on that list. So they just have so much experience between the two of them. They, I think that's actually the the biggest one-on-one matchup in this series. And it's kind of funny to say because neither are going to be tying their skates. But I think that it's, it's going to be so interesting because – how about the way this series is divided? They play on August 1st, and then they get two days off. You don't think those two masterminds during those two days off are going to be trying to outsmart each other based on what they saw in game one? And then two and three has a quick turnaround, August third, August 4th, August 5th. So I think between that, you're looking at, at some, some really interesting adjustments. And I think fans should really pay attention to – who starts the game? You mentioned how it's usually that fourth line, but if, if let's say the game one doesn't go the Islanders' way, maybe they they mix things up. Maybe they add one of those elements of, of physicality to the top line for a couple shifts. I'm just so intrigued at the little intricacies that these. Uh, I, I mean, I'll say it again: these hockey masterminds will will boil up in this series. Really looking forward to that, and glad you brought that matchup up as well. Where do you who do you think has the advantage in there? I give a slight advantage to Barry Trotz only because of this. The Islanders have been playing a playoff style of hockey all season. And I think the Panthers have to make more adjustments to their style to tighten things up in the playoffs. And I think that gives the Islanders a slight advantage. But Quenville is such a great coach. The chess match between these two guys will be exciting. And, and you know, there's no fans in the building which takes away part of the home ice advantage. But having that last change, I think, is going to be a very interesting thing to watch throughout this series. Absolutely. And uh, Trotz has one more lap around the track in terms of the current team he's on, right? He's second year with the Islanders, whereas Joel Quenville in his first year with the Panthers. So I wonder if that'll have any impact. Yeah, I, I think it'll help a little bit in in that the players certainly have been through the playoffs with Trotz once. They've won a round. They know what to expect. Uh, so that that will be a slight edge. But again, Joel Quenville, three Stanley Cups, a few other trips to the conference final. I mean, it's it's tough to say there are two better coaches in in, in any playoff series right now in the league. And well, we should also mention while we're talking about coaches is that. Uh, Joel Quenville's longtime assistant, Mike Kitchen. Um, he was with them on 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 uh, in Chicago, rather, and he came with them to Florida due to personal reasons. And there's no harm in this at all. But he's not going to uh, the return to play, just with family being a priority during this pandemic. So they're going to have to use their AHL coach as an assistant coming back. So just a little adjustment, but one that's noteworthy nonetheless. 
Yeah, and those two guys, uh, Kitchen and Quenville, were actually teammates on the old Colorado Rockies hockey That's team so back awesome. in the day. So, yeah, I remember they were kind of that was the the shot across the bow by Scotty Bowman the year before Joel Quenville was let go. They let go of Mike Kitchen, and right. I think that really ruffled the feathers of, of Quenville, saying, "Man, what we've been through all this together, and how are you going to do that?" So. I mean, Kitchen has coached in over 2,400 NHL games, including the playoffs, and that is a ridiculous number. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right, so taking a look at all of this now, we, we've discussed a lot of the matchups, the keys, the place where each team has an advantage. What is your take? What is your prediction for this five best-of-five series? I'll stick with the one I had. I was on the national show with Mikey DeStefano, and I said Panthers in four. I just think that offense is going to be easier to come back from this break than defense, and I think in that sense, the Panthers have a clear advantage. So I think if they can jump on them or pounce um, just to stick with the Panthers there, then they'll be able to overpower this uh, this Islanders team. However, like I said, if the first game is one nothing or 2-1, even if the Panthers win it, I'm throwing that prediction right out the window. How's that for doubling down? <laughs> Playing both ends against the middle, I see. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, look, that's that's legit, especially in in a short series. I, I think the Islanders, because they're used to playing a playoff style, will find a way to win games two to one and three to two. Defense to me has always won championships. To me, the key. For Florida is Bobrovsky. He's got to be hot. If he plays the way he did for most of the regular season, the Islanders will win this series probably in in four games. If Bobrovsky gets hot, all bets are off. So I'll double down too, and and that'll be my what if. If Bobrovsky gets hot, the Islanders could be in big trouble. Yeah, well, hey, goaltending is going to be a huge part either way. It's just there's so many um streaks in both of them you mentioned the islanders so hot early well the panthers were the same way and how about we look historically the panthers missing the playoffs in 19 out of their 25 seasons only the panthers and the toronto maple leafs have not won a playoff series since the 2005 lockout that is a long time between playoff wins so you mentioned playing a playoff style well winning a playoff series that's something that you learn from experiencing it so, yeah, they brought in guys from the outside who have had success, but guys like Huberto and Barkov, they don't know what it's like to move past the first round. So is that going to be a mental roadblock? Who knows? But that's why they play the games. Honestly, Jill, I cannot wait for August 1st. And I'm assuming that you'll be just like me, locked in in front of the TV from noon to midnight. Absolutely. Can't wait to get things started. It'll be a little surreal with no fans in the stands and, and you know, all these games taking place in – in two bubbles up in Canada, but I'll tell you uh, better to have hockey back and to hopefully find a way to conclude this season. And, and uh, yeah, it's going to be strange, but it's going to be a good strange, I think, and, and bring it. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. And like, I don't know if they have anything in store. We saw around major league baseball, some, some uh, stadiums I saw with the Dodgers, they had some cardboard cutouts behind and sure you can laugh about it, but when, you, when you're focused on the game, having that in your peripherals, it, it does actually kind of help. It, it makes it like it feel like there's eyes on the game, and certainly there will be from TVs across North America and beyond. So I actually like the idea. I don't know what's in store. And I mentioned that I'm recording here from Toronto, Ontario, one of the hub cities, and 
just walking past Scotiabank Arena today on, on my walk uh, with my dog this morning. Uh, it's already all blocked off. It's all hub ready, and the players will be here on Sunday, and that just means we're a step closer. I mean, exhibition games on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday next week. Um, are you going to be paying much attention to the outcomes of those games, or it's mostly just for the coaching adjustments? Uh, do you think like what's the major storyline? Are there still like are there still a spot available? You mentioned guys like Dobson could get into the lineup, and there's going to be some tinkering in between. But you pretty much know the twelve forwards and six defensemen that are going to play in game one, don't you? I would say so. That maybe there's one spot open on that third line uh, with Pajot and Brassard. Uh, you know, two younger players who might get a shot if they play well in the exhibition game or or for the rest of camp uh, on the Islanders. Kiefer Bellows uh, would be one. Oliver. What about Wall- Dal Cole? Such a high pick. I mean, we're just waiting for him to break out. Yeah, I mean, he he led Bridgeport in goals this year, uh, played a, a little bit with the Islanders, scored a couple of goals in, in his uh, limited playing time. And, and again, if you're talking about a team that's looking to add offense, the Islanders could certainly do that by inserting Bellows uh, into the lineup. The only problem is maybe he isn't ready defensively. And, you know, Barry Trotz tends to think defense first and trust his veterans. So that might be a fallback option. But, uh, you know, that there's probably 11 forward positions that are more or less locked up right now. All right. Well, we can't wait to get us started August 1st, and I'm sure the trash talk will just pick up between the rabid Panthers fan base and the fans on Long Island. So um, I appreciate us having different opinions. We're each going for our own team. Shocker. But uh, no, it's going to be a great series nonetheless. It's been great to break it down with you today, Joe. Really a pleasure, Ross. Thanks so much for coming on and just looking forward to getting this started. Let's go. Every minute, we're a minute closer. All right, I want to thank Ross Levitan for his contributions to our Islanders-Panthers playoff preview. He did a great job of covering the Panthers for us. And uh, again, everyone, tonight's the night. Islanders return to the ice in that exhibition game with the Rangers. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Islanders. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NHL for a national perspective on the National Hockey League. Have a great day, everybody. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll have a full review of it tomorrow. Remember, we are one day closer to the resumption of hockey. In fact, it's here. And, of course, let's go Islanders.